The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week one of our North American LCS Guess the Lions podcast series. We're here. We have real games to talk about. It's incredibly exciting for those of us who have been uh, looking over all these teams. We obviously poured over. Uh, all 10 North American LCS teams in our preview series, which you should totally go watch. We even did predictions. We did it for Europe as well. We did our European Guess the Lines episode yesterday, if you haven't caught on to that. So much content! But now, we finally get to talk about games. And of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm not paying attention to the scoreboard above my head that says that you won Europe. (laughs) It's a new day, North America. Hey. Brand new day. Uh, we know I start out slow, so I, I'm glad North America. More games, more chances for me to win. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. This is, this is my turf now. You're, you're the Rocket fanboy. I'm the TSM fanboy. Like, bring it on now. You're in my turf. Yeah. Well, if you Expletive. perform, if you perform as well as TSM, and I perform the way I think Rocket will, I think this could be a very long series of episodes for us. But the good news is we get to find out. I am up one to nothing. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, it was a very close European battle, but we're now going to compete over our North American gambling expertise. And if you've never listened to this show before, you might be wondering, Chase, what the heck are you on about? Well, when we talk about our you know weekly game-by-game previews, we like to put them in the framework of the gambling lines. Uh, Brought to us by, of course, Unicorn.com, our presenting sponsors, and a company that we have loved working with and love using, for the record. We love Unicorn. Uh, We love putting our gambling knowledge to the test, and that's what we basically do on this show. We're going to go over all of the games very quickly, some of which we will spend more time on than others, uh, depending on what the games of the week, in our opinion, are going to be. And we are going to guess the gambling lines. We're going to see which one of us is closer to the right answer, and we're going to uh, give points according to whoever is correct more often than not. There will be that competition between Walter and I, and then we'll also give you our picks for where you can find value in your daily esports gambling life. After all, we are esports gambling experts. It says so on our Twitter profiles, and so therefore must be true. Uh, Now, how do these lines work, you might be asking? Uh, Very quickly, we use the plus-minus system. I find that a lot easier to explain to people rather than the decimal system, which is listed on Unicorn and involves you doing some maths and multiplication and things. It's very simple when you use plus or minus. If it's a minus odd, that means that that team is favored to do whatever it is you're betting on. Uh, The way minus works is you have to bet that much money to win $100 back from the casino. So a minus 130 bet would mean that if you bet $130, you'd win $100 back. Now, if it's plus $130, that means that it's an underdog that you're betting on, which means you make more money back from the casino. So a $100 bet on a plus $130 wager would win $130. It would be $230 total in either, you know, with either one of those two bets, but you get at them two different ways. Does that make sense, Walter? Is, is, is that, do you think that I- brings the people in? Positive, you make that money plus your initial investment uh, if it's 100, minus you have to pay that much to gain $100. I think it's pretty much, pretty much easy. 
Exactly. So just keep that in mind. It doesn't have to be dollars, of course. It could be whatever your regional currency is. It's just we use it, unicorns. Yes, we use unicorns because we love uh, the way unicorn does it. We love all the the prizes and things uh, that they do offer. Um, the, you know, you can get headsets like the ones we're wearing. They work out great. Um, but we're going to talk before we get into the daily lines, which are going to be the majority of this podcast. We got to talk about some futures really quickly, Walter. Because futures are those special kind of bets that we only really get to do before the season starts because they're predictions on how the whole year is going to work. And we will take them and kind of say, well, this is what we think is going to happen. And let's see if we feel better or worse about that bet as we watch the season going forward. One such bet, for instance, would be the outright winner of the North American LCS. So, Walter, who do you think is the favorite to win North America right now? I'm going to say TSM. You are correct. What do you think the line is? Plus 200. Plus 300. This is where we get our big difference from Europe. If you listen to yesterday's episode, they felt there were some very clear tiers in place. I'm just going to read the six most likely options that they have. Uh, Plus 300 for Team Solo Mid. Uh, Plus 450 for CLG or Cloud9. Plus 600 for Dignitas or Immortals, plus 650 for Team Liquid. Uh, Phoenix 1 is when you start getting into upsets, which would be plus 1200. Uh, Echo Fox, Envious, FlyQuest, sorry, you guys are at plus 3300. So basically, we've got six teams all very close to each other as far as gambling terms are concerned, and four teams that are just off in their own little adventure. So. What does that tell you, Walter, about, A, you know, where the average viewer slash gambler is kind of coming down on this split and uh, and where you find value in it? Is this is it fair that they're all this close? I, I would say so. I'd say the top six teams are, are all very close to each other. And honestly, I think Phoenix One deserves to be up in that conversation, too. Um, they just have to prove it. That's kind of what it comes down to is they have to prove it. Um, I, I think the Cloud9 one... Is as much as I've been ragging on Cloud Nine this entire off season, like that's pre- that's like really really nice odds for ones that let let's put it this way: the top three teams there. There's been only one time that the final has not been two of those three teams. It was the very first LCS split. TSM won it, and it was against GGU or Coast. So, like the fact that TSM is still only plus two hundred, that's actually pretty good. But then the other two teams that still exist in the LCS and are the only other ones to make it to a grand final at plus 400, like, those are some pretty solid odds. Like, I, I would probably take uh, Cloud9 over CLG at that point. But Yeah, plus, plus 450 for Cloud9 is pretty incredible. Yeah. That's my That was my prediction uh, at the beginning of the season, if you watched our predictions episode. So... I love that odds. I mean, look, plus 300 to be an outright winner is by far the most favorable odds that we've seen of any of the regional leagues. You can look at the LCK, LMS, LPL. They're all on unicorn.com. You can check them out for yourselves. We don't cover those regions as in-depth because this is a Western-centric podcast. But believe me when I say that no region is more up in the air, according to gamblers and your day-to-day fans, than North America. And this is even more true when you talk about getting into the playoffs. Here's a question for you, Walter. I'm going to phrase this a little differently than I usually do. How many teams do you think have minus odds to make the playoffs? So how many teams do you think are six favored? Seven. Okay, so they included Phoenix 1. Phoenix 1 is a minus 125 to get in. What do you think is the least likely team to make the playoffs, according to Unicorn? And what are the odds? Least likely to make the playoffs. Least likely. So who's who's the, the worst team according to Unicorn, and how unlikely are they to make the playoffs according to Unicorn here? I'm going to say this to piss some people off, but also because they weren't in the LCS last split. FlyQuest. Uh, that is fair. Um, technically, it's all three of the teams that have it <laughs> there. Uh, Envious, Echo Fox, and FlyQuest are all tied as okay. the last place North American team. At plus 250 to make the playoffs. There's no value! How did this happen, Walter? How is there no value on any of these teams? 
It's a, it's a playoff 16, future bet. Because over half the teams make it into the playoffs. So, I mean, I, yeah. it's not that crazy. North America is going to be much closer than Europe is. I, I, as, as poor as I think that, that Echo Fox and Envious are, I don't think they're Oregon levels of crappiness. Hmm. Like, they're still going to be competitive. Both of them will probably win one, maybe two series. Um, I, I think North America is just going to be very competitive from top to bottom. I don't think we're going to have any runaway teams like we had with TSM or Immortals last season. I think everyone is going to have you know three or four losses. It's really going to come down to what teams did you beat in terms of your final seeding. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say out of those three, if you wanted to take a flyer on one, it'd be FlyQuest. Yeah, I would say out of those three, that's the team that's most likely to make the playoffs. That would be my impression as well. And it's one of those things where when you look at a, a, a bet that is that packed at the top, that is really the casinos throwing their hands up in the air and saying, we don't know either, guys, which is just so rare to see because all these things, right? You know, that's based off of formulas that are, you know, you know, very much based in advanced metrics and all these different things that they have going on behind the scene. And then also what people are doing, right? That's why, you know, teams like TSM are usually favored more than they would be if they were, say, you know, a, a team like Immortals because the brand recognition's better. They're more deeply entrenched and people are more likely to bet that way. And there's just none of that here. It's so dense. And it just, to me, it says that either um, we are completely... Uh, misreading, you know, maybe there are just too many variables right now where we just don't feel comfortable with any one There's of these There's a lot rosters. of changes. There's so many Korean imports. And, yeah. you know, so I think that's fair. And I also think that, you know, this is going to be one of those where when there are so many roster changes uh, across the scene in general, and it's it, it's a much more open format than what we saw in Europe where it's two groups of five teams, I totally understand why they're very hesitant to give value on futures bets because there are a lot of different things that could bounce in a ton of different directions. But right. the good news is, as stingy as they were on value for futures bets, they are very excited to talk about some of these uh, week one games. The, oh, uh, boy. The, the, the separation starts to make itself very clear when they go matchup by matchup. And let's start with the first matchup of the North American split. It is the match that I'm sure everyone has been waiting for. You, of course, Walter, uh, most of all, since this is your team. This is Cloud9 versus TSM in the first match. What are your thoughts going into this? As, as, a, as a fan and as an analyst, what are your thoughts going into this opening series? As a fan, I'm just excited to see TSM play uh, again. Um, really hoping that IEM meant nothing and that Wild Turtle just wasn't practicing with the team for a while. And now that they've had, uh, you know, this entire offseason to work together, and now that the AD carry position is basically worthless, you know, whatever. Um, I'm salivating at the thought of playing against a rookie jungler in his first stage game uh, in the LCS. Granted, Contracts did play in the promotion tournament, but eh, whatever. He's going to be playing against Sven Skarin who's, you know, a top three jungler in North America pretty easily. He's going to be playing against Bjergsen. Bjergsen always has Jensen's number. Um, if I'm a Cloud9 fan, I think the Impact Haunters matchup, I'm very confident in that. Impact didn't need a lot of help from Meteos to get out ahead of Haunters in the uh, in the Grand Finals. He didn't need a lot of help from Meteos to get out ahead of Huni uh, in either of the matchups against Immortals. I think that's where Cloud9's strength is going to be uh, coming into this game, is really trying to leverage that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very, very good, very hard-fought series. I think this is the best time, though, for TSM to catch Cloud9 is his very first game. Hopefully, you know, get a leg up on another team that's probably going to be, you know, top four. Yeah, well, that's the fun of all this, right, is that we now get to see, you know, week one. Both of these teams desperately want to make uh, a statement here. These were the two teams that, you know, only made one change. Only CLG stood pat with everybody on the roster, so these are mostly stable teams, you know, both of which, you know, went to Worlds and would have hoped for a slightly better outcome than what they got. Uh, they yeah. both want to prove that the free agent signings that they made were the right calls for what their team is building towards. So a, a huge statement in, in Game 1, I think, it, it does mean more than even the traditional TSM versus Cloud9 rivalry usually does. 
when you talk about things that might catch people off guard and, and you know, trying to, to catch Cloud9 sleeping if you're a TSM fan, but obviously Cloud9's trying to do the same way, do you think that either one of these systems or coaches are particularly more likely to adjust early on? Do you think there's, you know, that, for example, Contracts is going to take more time to adjust than someone like Wild Turtle just because of the system that he's in? Like, what's the way that both of these teams are going to kind of draw it up on the blackboard? So I, the problem is these are probably, you know, these are two of the top three coaches in North America. We'll add Zixlaw as, as a third. Like, I will give Reaper his due. He did a fantastic job with him last uh, last split. I know a lot of people have been reminding me that, oh, how dare you not remember that Reaper said their shot calling is a group effort. It's not a one, you know, one person uh, thing. So that'll probably be very helpful for a rookie jungler. Um, it's going to be really important for Cloud9 to get contracts used to their shot calling system because he did play with high. And while I can't say for certain that how Cloud9 Challenger shot calling ran was 100% through high, that's been the story every place High has ever played, is that he's the shot-calling expert, he's the guy. So it'll be interesting to see how long it necessarily takes contracts to adapt. Um, we've seen already, we're recording this on, on Monday, we've already seen some games be played on the, uh, on the 10 bands in the Korean Challenger seed, and we're seeing like Olaf versus Nidalee matchups. We're seeing all the top-tier junglers just get banned out. So I trust Svenskeren a little bit more if that happens than I do uh, Contracts. Contracts is very kind of very uh, closed-minded, I guess, in his champion pool. He's very straightforward, basically stayed with the same three picks. Um, so I'll trust the veteran to have a little bit larger jungler pool than I will the rookie. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think if you're going to, you know, set out the TSM dream. It's going to be forcing contracts into something on which he's not comfortable, you know, really testing uh, whether you can try to get something going either in the top or the mid lane. You know, Bjergsen would love nothing more than to uh, reassert himself as as someone to be reckoned with in that position. He's obviously got, you know, so much of, of a history in that, that duel between the two of them just because yeah. of how these teams are wired. So it's going to be fun to watch the sparks fly. I, as someone with no skin in the game, am just... Really excited to see how both of these teams respond to 10 bands. I think that, you know, I would love to see Wild Turtle on his fifth choice of AD carry. I'll put it that way if I'm a Cloud9 fan. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Walter, all of this into account, where do you think the first line goes? I think these teams are exceptionally close. I think that the, uh, the casinos are going to hold them very close. Mm -hmm. I have it as TSM minus 130. Okay, you and I split this one. Because I also said TSM minus 130. That seemed like a very reasonable call for all the reasons that you just said. It should be very close. Uh, TSM minus 149, which Holy seems... Man. Yeah, it's fair. It, it might be one of those things where if you're a Cloud9 fan, you'll look at it and say, ooh, plus 115 for underdog odds. I like mm -hmm. this Cloud9 team. And I'm going to say this as someone who also likes this Cloud9 team. Stay away. <laughs> you have a chance to just enjoy a game between what are likely going to be the two best teams in North America. At the very least, they're likely to be the two best teams at the start since they haven't had any huge changes. Just enjoy the game, guys. Don't do this to yourself. It's too close. Don't do it. I, I know I'm going to forget this in fair, four days, but enough. I'm putting it on record now. Uh, <laughs> Echo Fox versus Phoenix One. Uh, that's the follow-up to this game on Friday. Uh, obviously, two teams that have made rather large adjustments uh, in how they wanted to approach their season, the split. Walter, when you look at which team you expect to make this transition into the, you know, the 2017 era of League of Legends first in North America, uh, which team do you think it's going to be? Well, it's definitely going to be Phoenix One because Froggen never left season two. Ooh, let's fair. Let's be very honest. Like, I, I, I truly think it's going to be Phoenix One. Uh, I think that what we saw out of Inori and Pyrian at the end of the last split it, is very strong. The additions of Ryu and Arrow and Adrian, uh, I think, are fantastic. I think Adrian's playstyle just fundamentally is a strong playstyle. Anytime he's making an AD carry switch, he's very adaptable. And the primary style that he played with Wild Turtle uh, is basically to cover up for his AD carry's mistakes. Arrow doesn't make a ton of mistakes, so I think that's going to allow Adrian to really kind of open up, show off what he's really good at. Uh, I think the coaching staff here is really smart. Um, you know, at the end of the day, 
I still have too many questions about Echo Fox. I have too many questions about Acadian. I still am not confident in Keith as being more than anything like the 10th best AD carry in, in the region. Um, I think the addition of Gate could be helpful. I think that could really help uh, Looper and Froggen kind of have a steadying presence and take some of the shot calling uh, aspect away from them. But I just knowing some of the stories I heard about Froggen, I don't think he's going to be so quick to give up you know, the macro decision-making aspect of it. So I think, I think today I'm going to go with Phoenix one though. I think they're the better team. Yeah. I think that's, that's the likely outcome as well. It's one of those things where I'm very excited for this game, uh, for two very different reasons, depending on whether I'm looking as a fan of the game or as an analyst, as a fan of the game, I want to just see how Inori and Adrian work well together. There's a potential for this roaming trio if you get Ryu on, on a mid laner that can roam as yeah. well and just start death bushing some fools, which would be a ton of fun to watch. Uh, and uh, as an analyst, this is going to be one of the teams that Echo Fox, you know, has a chance to grow from, I think is the best way to put it. This is a system that will take time. We haven't seen Looper have a ton of success with anyone other than Mata. That's, they're going to have to get used to filling whatever that motto role was for him. Acadian's going to need time on the big stage. Gate and Froggen are going to have to get used to each other, as you said. So if there's just a process, and I will be excited to watch that process and see if the investments that Rick Fox made end up paying off in that regard. But I think you're right as to who the team uh, should be favored today. Uh, how much should they be favored, Walter? Where do you think the line is? Uh, I feel like the casinos are still feeling out some of these teams that made really large changes, especially Phoenix One. So I have it as Phoenix One minus 150. Okay, I get this one. I said Phoenix One minus 175 for very similar reasons. You know, why jump to any huge conclusions early, especially in best of threes? And then Unicorn said, nah, fam, Phoenix One minus 333. Okay. Okay, then. I, uh, I'm not sure what has happened yet okay. that would uh that would make that make sense to me to put that in percentages that means they're saying that 77 percent of the time phoenix one wins this series i don't know if we should say 77 percent of the time a team we've never watched before wins anything but sure let's go with it that puts echo fox at plus 240 which is okay. just low enough that i don't want to touch it fair fair enough to me it's yeah. um yeah, that's a little strange for it to be that high uh, with with no games being played by either team. Yeah, it's very uh, high line. I, I'm not sure I agree with that at all. It's it's a it's more than a little weird. I can't make money off of it. That's that's the other problem. Is like no money to be made there. Yeah, you, you just have to accept your fate on that one. Let's move forward. Let's see if we can find some more value on Saturday. Uh, first up will be Counter Logic Gaming versus Team Liquid. Um, obviously. Counterlogic Gaming, as I said before, the only team to stay pat with all of their players, but also a team that we've talked about with who he in the past, but, you know, potentially champion pools could come back to haunt them in this new 10-band system. What are the adjustments? You know, when you have a guy as good as, as Zix is at understanding the game and understanding what their opponents are going to do, how do you think they could try to be proactive and plan around what Liquid's going to throw at him uh, this, uh, in this opening matchup? I I think he'll try and leave some of the more um, like the strength picks, you know, things like uh, Rise, uh, Syndra. He'll probably leave all the junglers up. He'll try and force Liquid to ban out the really strong picks right now in order to sort of protect his champion pool. But we do like criticize who he's champion pool, but it's not that he can't play all these champions. He actually does have a very wide champion pool. It's just that it's not very deep. It's, he can play 20 champions, but he's not, like, amazing at 20 champions. He's amazing at, like, one or two. It's not like someone like Bjergsen, who's like, there's three assassins that he's really good at. There's, like, three control mages he's really good at. He also has a karma he's really good at. Like, you're, you're talking about width, and Bjergsen's very deep in his pool. He can play all these champions very well, and that's the problem with Hui, is outside of the Aurelian Soul and, like, the Cassiopeia and sometimes the Victor and sometimes the Azir, like, there's not really much else there that you're like, I really want Hui on this one pick. Uh, so I think they're going to try and leverage the pick and ban phase a little bit, maybe try and go after the mid lane to force Team Liquid to pick a mid laner early on, and then that way Hui gets an early counter pick before the second set of bans come in. Um, but this is really going to be a lot of chess in terms of the pick and ban phase to protect Hui. Uh, but I think more important, they really need to get a good matchup for Darshan. 
I think they really need to start the split out with Darshan Strong. I think he really had a, a lackadaisical and a lackluster summer. Um, more so than Huey. Huey, at least towards, you know, like week seven, eight, nine, had some games where you're like, holy crap, I didn't know Huey was this good. <laughs> Darshan never had a statement game in the summer. There was never a game where you're like, that's the Darshan I know and love. That's the Darshan that played for GGU in the very first split of the LCS and made it to the finals against TSM. That's two references in one podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're just so, trying to break my heart today. That's what I, I'm learning oh, here. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think Darshan is way more important. You really want to start out the the split with him on the right foot because that sets so much of the tone for their success. You know, two summers ago and last year in the spring when they did end up winning an A. So I, I think we'll see more focus on Darshan in CLG's picks. Yeah, I think that's very fair, and I, I think it's for both the reason that you mentioned, which is that we just need to feel like Darshan can be that guy again. And also, his mid lane opponent uh, for who he's going to be Golden Glue, right? This or is Link. not or Link. Either way, it's not the same. It's not like he's going up against Bjergsen on day one, right? He's not going up against someone who's going to really be able to pick him apart if the scariest things are gone. So I think you're absolutely right that Darshan's going to be the focus. I, I think that if they can get that lane going, uh, especially against a guy like Lorlo, who is you know proven to be a, a very competent top laner and someone who, you know, seemed to ebb and flow very much with his team more than anything else. Now they've got Rainover. Now they've got Piglet back on the main roster. And now they've got weapons that maybe can take some pressure off of Lorlo and put it back onto, uh, you know, onto some of the other carry positions. How do you think that uh, David Lim's going to have this team ready to go? Do you think it's the it's as simple as just trying to keep uh, you know Darshan down and picking on all these things that we just mentioned CLG needs to come up with, or do they have their own agenda that's really important to establish going early on? Well, man, it's not even David Lim anymore. It's it's the former TSM analyst and coach Yarg. It's Saint Vicious. Like what? they yeah they they added Yarg and they added Saint Vicious over the last few days to their staff. So some really uh, really like well fleshed out Team Liquid staff. They did a discussion about it on on their website. Hmm. Um, I think they're going to be well prepared. I think it's going to be similar. They're going to be trying to play through the top. They're going to be trying to play through mid. Um, I think they're going to kind of just leave Piglet and Matt up against Six A and Aphromoo, uh straight up. Um, so it's really going to be around Golden Glue. And we saw them really play around Golden Glue at IEM Gyeonggi. I think Rainover and uh, Grace and Glimmer, God, I love that name, um, have really built up a, a strong bond and a strong synergy. So it'll be very interesting to see Huey and Xmithy versus uh, versus Golden Glue and and Rainover in that regard. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very fair. You're you're definitely looking at a situation where if you're Liquid, you want your mid lane to feel comfortable as soon as possible. This <laughs> is the one big thing if you're looking at just a talent perspective. That's the hole that you look at and say, I'm not sure if Liquid, you know, covered up what they lost, which was a very reliable, very strong component of the team in Phoenix. It's going to be very interesting to see how they differ their in-game philosophy, especially now that they've had more than just a couple days to practice. It's, it's very easy to, to try to shield somebody for one tournament in a very specific meta, but this is going to be much more of a, you know, what is the week going to look in, week in and week out? What is the identity that we're pushing forward? And it needs to be one in which, you know, the mid lane can be comfortable without having to be the one that carries everything for them. So that's going to be a fun kind of back and forth to watch. Uh, where do you think the line is for CLG versus Liquid? <laughs> Now, now, after seeing those futures, I don't, I don't feel so confident about a lot of my lines just because that's not quite how I would have divvied them up. Uh, I have CLG at minus one thirty-five. Oh man, that was—you should not have felt nervous at all. That was perfect. Oh. I said CLG minus two hundred. It's CLG minus one thirty-seven. Oh, I thought we oh. were going to freak out about Golden Glue a little bit longer. Turns out Team Liquid fans are feeling good. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. It uh, seems like the casino are feeling good about Team Liquid. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting, right? I It's Team Liquid plus 105, by the way, for any of you who really like uh, going for the upset there. Uh, I repeat my point from uh, the first game we talked about today. Stay away. 
There's no, there's no way we're gonna know which one Chase, of these. Chase, you've said this about two of the three games so yeah, far. I know. Keep doing this, we aren't gonna have any games to offer them to bet. On. Trust me, there's seven games left, and I really think they should bet on the next one. Envious versus FlyQuest, the the match that everyone has been waiting for, Walter. I think two powerhouses, contenders for the for the global cup. Are you telling me Envious is favored in this game? Uh. Are you telling me Envious is favored in this game? I I can. I mean, are you willing to put your guess in now? Is there anything we want to talk about with this game? I'm. I no. What do you? I'm going to be watching CLG versus Team Liquid instead of Envious versus Fly, and watching the highlights at two times speed. Are we done? Is that good? That seems fair. I'm sorry, FlyQuest fans, but you know, if you're offended by that, you'll be more offended by what you're about to hear. Walter, what's the line? I had it at FlyQuest minus one sixty-five. I had it at FlyQuest minus one forty. Neither one of us are getting points because not only is it Envious, it's Envious minus two thirty-eight. What? You can get FlyQuest plus 175 against Envious. Oh and remember, <laughs> this is FlyQuest week one when all those points about coherence and synergy that people are making are totally valid rather than things that'll be outdated in a few weeks. So that's, yeah, that's gambling. Yeah, so Fly, FlyQuest plus 175. Lock that in. Smart, that's our smart money bet. Guaranteed. We don't have to come wow. back to know that. Right? They wow. Were, they were both. What's the 2 up? The 2-0. Oh, What's boy. What's the 2-0? Can we, can we see the 2-0 for a second? The 2-0 for Envious? The 2-0 in, for FlyQuest. Yeah. FlyQuest 2-0. Underdogs don't get 2-0 odds. Oh my There's God, the minus one and a half and plus one and a half. What's handicap. minus one and a half? Or what's their plus one and a half? They're plus one and a half. If I can, uh, if I can get my way over to my handy dandy calculator is minus 185. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's bad. So yeah, no, just take them to win. You don't need the extra map. Just get your, uh, that, you know, just trust that they're going to be better than a team that literally has Ninja, Seraph, and Apollo as your three laners. Just take that. You are getting plus odds with Seraph, Ninja, we, and Apollo are the moment, Are we scared about, of Lyra versus Moon? Does that worry us at all? Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I'm going to counter with Seraph, Ninja, <laughs> Apollo. Three flaws are bigger than one, especially oh. when... I moon. Three of those five guys have played together. I that's just true. that's true. You got it. Right. Like if you have any faith in coherence, and we had enough faith to give them the eighth place spot. That's true. You have to trust it's going to come through early on in the split before a team like Envious. Which, by the way, maybe we're wrong about Envious. Maybe we're being really mean about Envious. But certainly, even if you're an Envious fan, you have to be looking at this and going, "Yeah, week one, it's not going to be ready." There's no way. There's no way that all of the talents that will have needed to develop and the system that will need to be in place to make this talent work is going to be in place on week. Listen, I have a lot of heat on me with FlyQuest fans. I'm just trying to keep that heat. They need to see me as this monster heel. Okay. Like I got to maintain that. Just, I'm just letting FlyQuest fans know now, no matter what thing you think that, yeah, you and I, no matter what we have said on this podcast about FlyQuest, nothing was more disrespectful than the line that Unicorn just threw out at you guys. So let's let's start there, and then we'll start working our way up towards maybe potentially playoff arguments. Uh, but let's go next to uh, Echo Fox versus Immortals. I think this is a very different kind of series. This is one that I also don't think I'll be watching in favor of the, the other series the other going on at the same time. Yeah. But... At the very least, is there anything you are excited to see about this Echo Fox Immortal series, Walter? I'm looking forward to Cody Sung proving he is not the 10th best AD carry in North America and beating up on Keith. Yes. But I'm more excited for the Bash Brothers. <laughs> and if you don't know who those are, pause this video. Go watch the Immortals team by team preview just real quick. Welcome back. So since you've watched that video, you now know that I am affectionately calling Flame and Dardock the Bash Brothers. Yes. Congratulations. Every game those two guys play together is going to be a joy for me personally. Just because I love Dardock and I've been watching League of Legends, professional League of Legends, long enough to know Fly from his glory days. And um, yeah, this should just be good old-fashioned butt-kicking. 
Yeah. Uh, as a longtime CJ Edges fan, I have rights to claim Immortals as my favorite team this split. Getting to root for Dardock is, is just, uh, you know, another selling point. I also love the idea that this podcast just became a Russian nesting doll because they went back to listen to Immortals, then realized they had to go back and watch the Mighty Ducks to come back to the Immortals, to come back here. So those of you who have taken the journey, congratulations. I hope it was as fulfilling for you as it was for us when we first watched. Uh, it always goes back to Emilio Estevez. Always goes back to Emilio Estevez. Quack, 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 man. That's all I have to say about that. What do you think the line is for this, Walter? <laughs> I mean, Immortals' odds of winning this game are much better than the Flying V actually being a successful playbook in any hockey team. Very true. Uh, I, I have Immortals at minus 180, and I'm afraid I went too low. Oh, you went too low. You absolutely yeah. went too low. But you knew that already when you wrote that down. I went too low when I said minus 240. Walter, can I get a, a mini drum roll, please? It is our highest line of the day. It is Immortals minus 526. Congratulations, Echo Fox. You are the biggest underdogs of the week at plus 350. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, we haven't oh, seen Immortals sorry. play much of anything. We've never seen Echo Fox play at all, but minus 526 because, sure. No, lo no love for the foxes. No. Love you, for the foxes. Do we need to send, like, should we just do a tweet to Unicorn with just a picture of the Echo Fox jet and see if that bumps it a few points? I feel like Echo Fox. Are we going to create sadfox.jpg? <laughs> oh, sadfox.jpg is absolutely a thing. Is if that going to become a thing? If it's not, I'm disappointed in both Reddit and my fan base. And the first one is typical, but the second one, so someone here, I believe in you listeners right now. Sadplane.jpg. There's a whole new world of ways to explore with Echo Fox's Jet One here. Please, I'm counting on you, Internet. I don't have the Photoshop skills for this. I depend on you for these things. Uh, let's move forward before I get too caught up in the memes. Uh, Dignitas versus Phoenix One. Man, terrible. You try to avoid memes, and I go straight to Dignitas. Bad idea. But here we hey, are. Mouse pads. Yes. <laughs> Oh boy, I forgot about that one. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Dignitas. But this is a very different Dignitas. This is the 76ers Dignitas. This is the new era of Dignitas, the former Apex era of Dignitas, the one that you picked to get first place at the end of this year. So a team that you're obviously excited about. The team that convinced their Korean import to buy all their snacks for them and made him spend like $250 on snacks for the house. Yes. Yeah, look, it, it works out. Do you, it, other than the snacks, though, we, we can ensure uh, they're going to be well-nutritioned for the match. How else do you think Dignitas is going to be ready to make a statement on Game 1? Because Phoenix 1 is not an easy out. Phoenix one is definitely not an easy out, but the strengths of Dignitas, I believe, are in the top lane and the jungle. And I think they're, that Zig is kind of a minus for Phoenix one. I think they really are going to struggle against uh, high-pressure top laners. Um, having Chaser and Someday together almost just guarantees to me that Chaser is going to be in Someday's back pocket for 90% of the game. And guess what? Dignitas also has an AD carry that's pretty smart and pretty good in lane and lot. So... He doesn't have to beat Arrow by any stretch of the by any stretch of the imagination. He just has to go even. He just has to like not die. He just has to be a solid guy. Um, Ezreal is a really strong pick as AD carry right now. Caitlyn, those are both champions that Lod really was proficient on. It'll give him and especially a little bit of time to kind of get to know each other and really learn how each other work. Um, and you just play through the upper side of the map. And I think just talent-wise, the deficiency between Zig and, and Someday will be enough to tilt this in Dignitas's favor. Yeah, it does feel like if you look at it from just a position-by-position position matchup, that's very much the case. Someday is a guy, Emily Rand wrote a great article about it on how these uh, new Korean imports to North America in the top lane are really going to shape things and what we can expect. And the thing about Someday that she just hammered in so well is the idea of him being a very uh, self-sufficient top laner. This is a guy who knows how to make plays. He holds down his lane. He will figure it out. And any extra resources you send his way is just a bonus. The guy is incredibly mechanically gifted. He's a great laning player and he will get his and whatever else that he can steal from you. So that is not a great sign for Zig. It might be a good sign though for the the Inori Adrian Ryu trifecta though because someday is going to hold on to his own in lane and Chaser's certainly going to be focusing there. 
But are you a little worried about that that mid lane Keen that's going to be going up against Ryu in in the particular meta that we're in, or do you think enough is going their way? Keen has shown that. Keen has shown that he is a smart enough player that he knows when he's outmatched. Um, when he realizes he can't cheese people, he picks something safe and sits back. If you've seen the games that he played uh, as Oriana for Apex, he just sat back. He said, I'm not going to fight you, Bjergsen, because I don't have some cheesy counter strategy to you. I'm just going to sit back here and farm. And he's very smart. He stays very close to his tower. He's actually a pretty good warder when he's in those situations, too. He really uh, you know, places them in good spots so he doesn't get you know kind of outflanked unless you do some really weird gank path. Um, X-Special would roam up to him quite a bit, too, to keep him safe. I think Lot is a safe enough laner that X-Special can kind of ferry himself back and forth between the two lanes just to make sure neither of them really... Uh, fall behind and as much as i say that chaser is probably going to be in sunday's back pocket it will get to a point if sunday has a big enough lead where he can just 1v1 zig of course you can you're always going to pull your jungler away from that you don't keep sending your jungler top after you take in the top inhibitor at 12 minutes when there's nothing else to do you're going to move around and sunday's ability to teleport has been one of his probably most underappreciated uh, aspects coming into North America. We we know of him as this amazing carry. He's very strong. He's going to 1v1 people. But he's an excellent teleporter, and there are very few people in the North American LCS that really know how to execute teleport flanks. Impact is one of them. Haunters, on most occasions, is one of them. Beyond that, it's really, really sparse. So even though Phoenix One does have this, you know, three-man core that probably will roam together very well, um, I still think that Dignitas definitely has more upside and more talent and is going to win this match. The the upside is certainly there, and and from a talent perspective, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm a little bit higher on uh, Inori and Adrian's ability to make plays. I think just because. I'm not so convinced by X special when you look at the bot lane. Even if Law does okay, if Arrow can get it going a little bit, then suddenly Adrian has freedom to go up because Law just has to play safe, and he's good at playing safe. He won't lose the lane, but it does allow them to start disrupting some of the lanes that maybe would be winning. Maybe someday can win a, a, a 1v2. Can he win a 1v3? I'm not so sure. It's certainly going to be something... He can't win a 1v3. Yeah, well, he, he tried very hard with 4KT Rolster. But, uh, I, you know, putting the past where it is, we have to look at how these teams are, are going to perform in week one. It's certainly going to be very exciting to watch... Uh, as they both try to pull off this new identity that they've built for themselves. Walter, where do you think the line is here? Uh, I have it as Dignitas minus 150. Okay. I said that as well. So we get to split that one. Uh, It is actually Dignitas minus 137. So we're both pretty close on that. Phoenix 1 plus 105. I hate to do this for a third time, but prepare headphone users. Stay... Away! I hate this. Why are three lines this close are not what a gambler wants to see at any point? But here's the thing: if this was Europe, we would have we would be done right now. But since this is North America, yeah. we got a whole ten games in a week. We got a whole other day. Let's go to Sunday. Uh, Envious versus CLG. Let's get that out of the way first. Oh, okay. Um, does that is that going to screw you up? We can no, 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 no. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Okay, Envious versus CLG. I don't think there's a lot to say about this game. Is there anything that you would like to see from uh, from Envious that might change your mind on where you stand on them right now? What would be the one thing that could happen that would really make you say, huh, this, could, this team could surprise me? Nothing. Okay, what's the line? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm afraid I went a little too low on this, especially after seeing your line. Uh, I have CLG at minus 185. Yeah, you went too low. Uh, you're still in the week, luckily, because of the ties and the, uh, non-starter that was the Envious FlyQuest series. Uh, it is, I said CLG minus 400. It is CLG minus 500. It is Envious plus 330. I have no interest in any of those lines, or the game in general, unless Envious really comes out strong. If Envious, you know... There, there's some history, their version of this week, I guess, in which we look back next week and say, why did we skip every Envious game? Uh, if you're an Envious fan, I hope that you're right and we're wrong. In the meantime, we're going to move forward because I don't think we're going to be. Uh, TSM versus Immortals. This is my game of the week. I understand that the 
best game of the week is likely TSM versus Cloud9. It's going to be an amazing series, tons of history behind it. But I just love this idea of the Bass Brothers and all of these guys that are very talented. But as uh, our interview with uh, the Splice owner, Marty, you know, kind of pointed out, not really an established system by any means, especially now that they have a new coach, versus TSM, who maybe took a step back a little bit going from a double lift to wild turtle in talent, but has the clear system. If you're turtles immortal, played in that system. Yeah, well, but uh, turtles played in whatever you call the Dylan Falco immortals. This is a whole new immortals. Well, no, I'm saying Wild Turtles played in the TSM system. Oh, in the TSM system. He does see. have some experience playing, you know, in the TSM system. He has experience playing with Bjergsen. Um, I, I love the fact that you are using my term that's trademarked now. I'm going to create shirts and everything for it using Gardok and Flames likeness because I'm allowed to do that, apparently, Immortals. Uh, <laughs> but, but I love the fact of those Bash Brothers versus the two Great Danes that are on... Uh, that are on TSM and Sven Skerrin and Bjergsen. Um, Poe Belter is one of the top three mid laners in North in North America. Bjergsen's number one. I, again, it seems like any time that you know these top three mid laners come up against Bjergsen, he's just better. He elevates himself. He just takes it to that next step. And whether it's Jensen or whether it's Poe Belter, they just can't quite eclipse him. That he can hold his own against them. And sure, he may die once or twice to them in laning phase, whatever. But he's just so much better at them once you get into the team fighting. Once you move out of just the 1v1. Um, I think he's a more complete mid laner. And the fact that Sven Skarin had such an amazing world. That the two of them built up such incredible synergy just over the course of those six games at Worlds. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed. I you know As much as I'm nervous about Wild Turtle, I think that it's the TSM system. They'll figure out how to fit him in there. And, you know, I would just suggest maybe not Jin. Maybe not Jin. Maybe go Ash. Yeah. Ash is probably a safer pick for, for Wild Turtle at this point. There are enough options now. I think I think he's made his uh, stance on Jin pretty clear. Yeah. I'm very excited to see how Immortals attacks it. Because as you said, TSM has a system. They know how to, how to run their system. Even Wild Turtle can run the system functionally. This is going to be a very scary team for the entire year. I think that's undoubtedly true. And Immortals, if you're looking at that, you have to understand this is week one. We don't have our system firmly established yet. No one does after one week. So we just have to throw this giant ball of talent that we grabbed this offseason just directly at your face. And how are they going to do that? Well, it's going to be Dardoch just ramming into lanes over and over and over again. I'm expecting a very aggressive Immortals composition, which, to be fair, has kind of always been the way Immortals played. But this has also been a series that TSM is, has come on top of now more often than not. So at the end of the day, Walter, where do you think this line ends up? I feel like the casinos are still sort of forgetting that Immortals made roster changes. So I have TSM at minus 150. Okay. I get this one in with of the week. That's going to be a 2-0 for, uh, for me. Uh, I like the theory, but it turns out they did remember that Immortals made roster changes because I said minus 175. It's TSM minus 208. Immortals nah. at plus 155. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's overwhelmingly fair. I hate it too. Nah. It's, uh, it'll be very interesting to see if Immortals has enough just sheer force of will to try to overpower some of these guys in, in TSM, I don't know how you'd do it, right? Like, can Dardog gank 10 times in 15 minutes? Like, that's not really feasible, right? You can't you can't be everywhere all at once. So I feel like TSM no, will just so. readjust and, and, and kind of emerge victorious there. I, uh, I'm going to look up the line for uh, TSM uh, getting a 2-0 in this series while we talk about the next matchup which I'm, I'm going to take a guess, probably won't take as much of our mental energy to work out the uh, intricacies, and that would be uh, Liquid versus FlyQuest. I, this, is, this is a game that will be played, and people will watch it, and it will be on a Sunday. Uh, will outside people be of that, watching it? I, I mean, will people be watching this? Someone's watching this. Liquid's got fans. They've got. See, a... this is this is what like surprises me about Riot, about Riot. Why the hell would you put Cloud Nine and Cloud Nine Challenger scheduled at the same time? 
I'm I'm sorry. Our, our producer Nick is is. <laughs> they aren't Cloud Nine Challenger. Ah. Uh. They they aren't. They're flat. Mm. That's a terrible name. Why would they? Have <laughs> I have to call them that. Who says? <laughs> I don't want to call them that. I, their logo's awful too. <laughs> well, yeah, I have to put that on the screen. <laughs> I don't understand why they put Cloud Nine and FlyQuest on at the same time when they share ninety percent of the same fan base. Yeah, that's it's it's a weird one. Um, I said, I'm a heel here, baby. Come get me, Cloud Nine fans. Can you remind me what's our producer's name again? Nick. Nick is Nick is uh shout out to Nick. He puts in a lot of time and effort to really make this show run. Nick is including such a great guy. He wears glasses. He wears his hair just like this. He's wearing a brown shirt right now. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, good for, good for him, man. Brown is the color of the people Nicholas underestimate. People no, Nicholas is my middle name. <laughs> Sorry, See, I couldn't tell you were wearing a brown shirt. See, you, I've been bamboozled, much like uh, me IRL. I have been bamboozled uh, once again. Not a real person, that is my middle name. Yeah, FlyQuest versus Team Liquid. Um, no, never tell him about the secrets, Walter. Do we? I mean, do we? I mean, is there anything even really to say? Like, this is the Cloud Nine Challenger team, and this is a Cloud Nine Challenger team that needed uh, a a pretty sizable series to beat the Liquid Challenger team. And this team is sizably better than the Liquid Challenger team. I to to me it seems pretty straightforward. What would what would change your mind from that, Walter? What would be the one thing you could say, like, oh, this is why we should give FlyQuest a little bit more credit here? If you had to come up with one. Becomes the all tech we finally have been waiting for, and he just styles on Piglet. Wouldn't that be so nice? <laughs> Like I just that with a straight face. I yeah. Look, I I was hurt enough by the Winter Fox era to know never to put too much faith in Alltech's ability to perform on a big stage. I love him. You know, as a guy, he seems like a nice enough dude. I love watching him when he's not playing under pressure. I just he just seems like the kind of guy that doesn't do well on a big stage. And you're going to be going up against Piglet on a big stage. Have fun, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you next week, assuming you're still this, alive. This could be the stu- like this could be the, the the battle theater stage, so it might be a little smaller stage. Yes. That might maybe FlyQuest could just play all their games in the battle theater. Like, <laughs> maybe that's that, the strategy. Would that help? I think that would help. I feel like uh, that would be something that Riot might you know want to help out with a a new like, ownership group that's just like entered the league and, and you know say like oh so he's he only plays well if he's on smaller stages, huh? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's in look. I think anything is in play at this point. I refuse to uh, wipe out any variables in an off season that's been as crazy as this is. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Um. Well, again, if I had seen the futures before this, it would not have been this close. I had Team Liquid at minus one thirty-five. Yeah. Um. So about that, uh, <laughs> I said uh, Team Liquid minus three thirty-three. Team Liquid minus four fifty-five. Which seems a little high. It's pretty high. I, you know, not that uh, not to be confused with Fly High, of course, which is a player that's going to be playing in this game. But yeah, I, <laughs> I'm that's that that pun's gonna get old within a week of this podcast, right? That pun is so worn out. <laughs> I would rather hear about Kerb's trackball mouse for the next <laughs> ten weeks. Oh boy, we can arrange that, Walter. I can, I can, I, we can get a Reddit bot on top of that for you. I, yeah, I don't see any reason to watch this game. I don't think FlyQuest plus three hundred is enough value. I just think uh, we'll be focused on Dignitas versus Cloud Nine, and this is the battle of teams that we both predicted to get first place. Walter, it's your team versus my team, mano yeah. a mano. Uh, let's totally ignore the fact that this is the first week of the season, and by the time the playoffs roll around, it'll be totally different. One of us will be correct, and the other one will be totally wrong, and the internet will tell us which at the end of this game. Or neither team will win, and we'll both be wrong, and then, you know. That would be an interesting turn of events. I would be very intrigued. It's almost like there's actually ten different possible outcomes for the winner of the season. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Walter. It's the one I picked, or there's no other option. I don't know what you're talking about. But... Outside of uh, outside of the predictions that one of us is totally going to prove is correct after one week, uh, what are you? What are your thoughts on this game? What's the the thing that really gets you excited as an analyst when you look at how these two teams are going to slug it out? 
I really hope that the impact we saw during the uh, during like the playoff run for Cloud Nine and the regional run is actually the impact we're going to get. Um, I really want to see like vintage, you know, Cloud Nine era impact at his best versus someday at his best. Um, you you very rarely have these moments where you have people play against other people in their position that, you know, Impact was someday before someday, basically. He was primarily a carry that then turned into a tank player because he had two amazing other carries on his team, really fine-tuned his his teleports, really fine-tuned his team fighting. And it's very rare that you get these, you know, separate era kind of guys fighting. This is like your wrestling equivalent of Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels. Like. It never happens, and it'll never happen because Shawn Michaels is like 60 and looks like he is about to kill over at any moment. And Daniel Bryan, if he falls on his neck the wrong way, dies. So I'm not bitter about that. I'm not a Daniel Bryan fan. (laughs) But yeah, it's very rare where you get these sort of cross-era matches, and it seems weird to say that about, you know, someone who is playing in a world championship in season three, and now it's only season seven. But, you know, that is kind of what it is in esports. These are two separate eras. The game has changed so much since Season 3. So I'm very excited to see the top lane matchup. Um, I'm also excited to see Lod against Sneaky, because I think Lod could turn in, like, follow that Sneaky path where he just gradually improves, 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 improves. And, you know, in a year we're talking about him as, as probably you know, one of the top three eighty carries in North America, or he's in that discussion of like, okay, well, when you're ranking eighty carries, well, at four, I have either, you know, Stixay or Lod or Sneaky or, you know, it, it's any given Sunday, essentially. So uh, I'm excited for those two matchups. I think those will be very good matchups. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I love the fact that we can, you know, esports is the only time in which you can say, yeah, that thing that happened three years ago, that's <laughs> ancient history, man. True. That is entire... True. And, and, and to be fair, it totally is. You just look at how much the jungle has changed between season six and season seven, and then you oh, remember, this is the least drastic set of changes that Riot has had from year to year. As far as I've been com- following the competitive scene, it is always just gigantic, weird changes that totally... We got to keep the same jungle items. They haven't changed the jungle items. Yeah, That's fantastic. Finally, like, like, this is one of the few times where you can kind of see, like, hey, at least, you know, season six and seven kind of go together as an era. But no, you're absolutely right. These are, you know, players in Impact and Sunday who not only have proven in the past that they could succeed in multiple eras, but are now being asked to do it again in a whole nother region. And then you have in the bot lane... I think this is when we find out whether Smoothie's growth from last split is a a, a exponential curve that's going to kind of you know teeter out at some point, or whether it's a you know kind of a more of a direct curve, and we just haven't reached the peak of it yet. I think that Smoothie is one of those guys that when he made plays last split, he made big plays, and I'm excited to see if he can pull that out against a guy like Special, who maybe isn't quite as good at landing. Uh, where do you think the line goes, Walter? I have it as Cloud9 minus 180. Okay. You get this one. Hey! So you get a nice consolation prize here. I went too high. I said minus 200. It's minus 164, which I think, you know, for Cloud9, that's very that's very fair, given that they have been around before and kept mostly the same roster, and Dignitas is a very new team. It seems like uh, okay. Unicorn and, and, and company are really excited about this Dignitas team. But we got to find some smart money bets, Walter. I would like to propose, we already got FlyQuest plus 175 over Envious. We locked Absolutely. that in as That's, soon as yep. we heard it. Yep, pretty um, much. Yep. Can I talk you into TSM plus 155 to get a 2-0 over Immortals? Because uh, this early on in the split, I don't think Immortals is ready to take on TSM head-to-head. I would feel about 1,000% better if this matchup was three weeks from now. It's two oh five. It's plus one fifty five. Plus one fifty five though. Okay. Whereas it's immortals plus. It's either plus one fifty five for immortals to win the series or for TSM to get a two oh. And I think the two oh is more likely. Two oh is more likely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'll I'll say that. Okay. I'll agree with that one. So then we need one more, and it looks like, I mean, unless you really like like, FlyQuest plus three hundred against Team Liquid. No. Echo Fox plus 240 against Phoenix. You know which one I'm going to say, Chase. Just say it. Just say it. Take the toss over Cloud9. Okay. That's plus 125. 
Like great odds, but I think that I have to start out the split going like, yeah, Dignitas is going to win the split. They have to beat Cloud9. Like, yeah, totally fair. And I will happily take that bet because it's a great reverse jinx opportunity. Mostly because I need all the good luck I can get for Sunday for my Falcons, which, uh, I just jinxed myself. You're absolutely correct. I don't know what you're talking about, Walter. You're going to be great. Damn it. It's going to be, you, you got, you took the 204 TSM and you bet on Dignitas over Cloud9. There's no way both of those backfire on you, right? This has been a you podcast! Be careful who, <laughs> who's throwing karma at someone here, mister. My team is playing their last game in their stadium in the conference championship against the man who transformed the Hail Mary into simply Mary. Yeah, see, it's statements like that that have you keep bringing this up. But you know what? Maybe you guys have your own things to tell us in the comments. Uh, whether it be about uh, League of Legends, if you want to talk uh, some... Some stuff about football in the comments. We'll talk about the NFL, too. We love talking to you guys in general. We've loved the feedback we've had on these preview episodes. We love the reaction we saw from the interview with Marty uh, when, who, uh, when we talked to him a couple days ago. Uh, so please keep that conversation going. We read all of the comments. Of course, you can also contact us directly on social media. I'm at Redshirt King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? For obscure wrestling, Disney movie, and esports references, please follow at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. We made uh, five smart money bets this week, guys. Two in Europe, three in North America. Come back next week. We'll tell you how we did. We'll break down the most important matches from week one, and we'll go through the entirety of week two uh, with that new framework in hand. So until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet. <laughs>